Hello, I'm Rob Frischfeld, CEO and co-founder of RackN and your host for the Cloud 2030 podcast. I want to take a little bit of time, if you've been a faithful listener, and I hope you have, uh, to celebrate the work that we've done as a community in the Cloud 2030 group uh, for this year, um, because we have some really exciting things planned for next year, for 2024. Um, and it's remarkable to me to look back on how this podcast has evolved from a meeting place during COVID. That was really our initial objective is, is a place where we could have those hallway tracks that we had been missing into something that is really discussing technology at the forefront and the forefront, not just of the tech, but actually of the human and business implications of that technology, both from the technical side and the DevOps lunch pieces that we're going to use the first uh, several months of the year to talk about uh, 201, 200 level technical content. Uh, and then how we've actually really embraced and moved into AI and generative AI with, with the group. And going back all the way into uh, January, uh, we really did jump in very early into understanding just how big AI was going to be. We were talking about metadata and control planes. We were providing data context um, and working on, on what those what those pieces were, um, really thinking about how we would manage the infrastructure uh, and the implications of AI. Uh, we also spent a lot of time in, in DevOps, looking at the Chick-fil-A pieces, dealing with outages from Reddit's perspective. Hopefully those things are interesting. You should go back and look. Um, in the, those were also the early days of Hackaderm and, and Twitter sort of blowing up. And we had a lot of conversations around that, um, including some great operational discussions um, where we were walked through by Hazel about how we, uh, Hackaderm moved and scaled their infrastructure operations in, in with some really new technology. Uh, we talked about, uh, metadata, dark and dark data, um, really starting to understand how information was being collected. Remember at that time, um, there was and remains a lot of concerns about how um, all of the information that's using for these la these large language models is actually being collected and achieved and what's going into what those things are. Um, you know, in the middle of all those pieces, we're still thinking about how CIOs and, and business and tech leaders make decisions. Um, that is a recurring theme for us. Uh, one that, that really evolved, um, later on in the year about talking about how we handle innovation and the models for innovation and how those things work. Uh, we spent some time talking about platform engineering. That was a major topic. Uh, Rackn has, has and continues to do research on platform teams and platform integrations, even though that topic for the year really split into infrastructure platform teams and development platform teams, um, both centered around this idea of improved governance controls and self-service, but how that's being done really felt like it got ripped apart during the early part of the year, um, instead of being a unified effort. Um, I'm hoping for 2024, looking at some of the Gartner research coming out that we're going to see, um, some resolution into how it, 
enterprises should be building these teams because I, I don't think the direction has been very clear at the moment on on how to build an infrastructure platform engineering team. Um, and it's hard and we need to be giving better guidance, um, better products, better support for enterprises trying to do this work. Um, and around that, those lines, we still struggle with this idea of complexity and removing complexity from IT, uh, and environments. I'm a big fan of saying you can't remove complexity. You can only manage it. Uh, we talk about that a fair bit. Um, and you know, I hope keep hoping perennially hoping that um, platform engineering will help uh, address uh, some of these complexity management issues. Um, and maybe that we can stop talking about simplifying it and start talking about actually helping people solve problems. A lot of that complexity is inherent in the systems. Um, be like trying to make an internal combustion engine, not have fire in it. Um, <laughs> and the answer is just moving to a different type of engine that might be uh, true, but um, these systems that we build around um, different components actually are still intact. And there's laws of physics, um, just like there is in delivering uh, compute infrastructure. Um, and we spend a lot of time thinking through what does delivery look like? What do processes look like? What do ag out? agile and lean processes look like. We had a great conversation towards the end, actually talking about using those techniques, several conversations, using those techniques in AI, ML, and data science. Um, some really fascinating insights. Um, and one of the things I think that comes up in this idea of lean and agile is that those are really learning methods, that, that the idea is these fast durations and feedback. And one of the challenges that we get into especially with data science is when we don't know enough to actually know what we're learning. Um, we've gotten confused over the last decade into thinking that agile uh, is a delivery process less than a discovery process. Um, and lean is, is really about a system wide optimization process. And those threads get lost in the, the way we talk about it. Um, and so that's been an important thing. Um, one of the other topics that came up quite a bit and I think is going to be a major topic in probably 2025, because uh, I think it's too complex for 2024, is this idea of a software bill of materials with supply chains being in the focus and supply chain attacks. Um, the idea of a software bill of materials clearly is a needed concept. Um, and I, I'm hoping we'll see more discussion around it, more standards emerging where we can actually talk through those effects. Um, and I think that will do a lot to help people understand what they're actually deploying and how it'll help organizations create some governance and rules. Um, but, but the tooling and the standards necessary for that, I, I, I think are going to take some, some doing, especially because the conversations are very early here. Um, ultimately I'd love to see it just be the default built into tools. Um, and with the mad rush to AI, um, we're not, we're not going to see a lot of progress in some of these other areas while people are busy wedging AI and gen AI into every product category. Uh, there was an interesting topic I, we had that uh, hasn't hit cloud 2030 
this year, um, we spent a lot of time in 2022 talking about edge and edge infrastructure. I'm involved in some edge groups. The open infrastructure has a very interesting one where I'm hoping we'll spend time talking about edge DevOps that meets Mondays at, um, eight, eight Pacific, I believe. Um, and I would encourage you to participate there. You'll, you'll get a chance to talk to me if you're interested as we, uh, try and define what edge DevOps looks like. Um, I'm hoping to have a sort of a, a more in, cross industry conversation, um, while the DevOps lunch and learn is going to be much more focused on enterprise, uh, IT and operations. Edge is really an enterprise concept, but, um, a lot of times we see that as some, its own standalone thing. The, um, lesson out of this is that it, it, edge and distributed infrastructure, which is where we're starting to evolve our edge conversations, didn't make it as much into our cloud 2030 conversations from this year. We actually put edge down a bit, uh, because we felt that, um, a lot of the conversations that we're having were really not evolving into IT as much. Um, and we explored that pretty aggressively, um, looking at, you know, how operations can focus with or without Kubernetes, the evolution of Kubernetes. Um, it is very clear to me that any IT infrastructures in the future, um, if not actually powered by Kubernetes, and we believe Kubernetes on bare metal, while very complex, is a topic of interest for future. Um, the the challenge, and it, but it might not be Kubernetes. It might be something very Kubernetes informed or Kubernetes similar, um, or overlay on top of Kubernetes. Kubernetes is the engine. Um, we talked a, a fair bit about the HashiCorp licensing change and its implications, um, but I think you know just as much about Broadcom and VMware and how. Uh, the IT infrastructure could be actually really disrupted by uh, major enterprise players reconsidering uh, what their dependency on these these key vendors looks like. Um, I think VMware is more threatening to some, um, depending on Broadcom's moves. HashiCorp, I, I don't think people are that worried about how the licensing changes if the products keep working. Um, Enterprises can surprise me by being more concerned about portability and licenses than they have been in the past. Um, one of the things that I found really fascinating in our conversations was talking about metadata. Um, we spent a lot of time talking about the importance of metadata, how it works, how to use it, how to govern it. Govern it. Um, and it's a fascinating topic, I think, because we really think about data and big data and analytics and AI and a whole bunch of pieces. But there are really two types of information flowing through these systems, uh, the data itself and the metadata about that data. In, in some cases, the metadata is um, just as important and even harder to manage than the data itself. Um, there's a lot of information conveyed in that metadata. Uh, and, and worth consulting. And, and those, those topics are ones that we talk about throughout the year. Uh, we do constantly talk about open source. The HashiCorp, uh, conversation gave us a lot, but don't forget we had other major open source disruptions this year as Red Hat made changes to the CentOS licensing model and caused a scramble for a CentOS alternative. Uh, one that is not at all fully baked out we are only now starting to process the ripples in in our business practices at rack end um 
So I'm looking through the topics that we covered. Um, it really is clear collaborative platform engineering, AI, time to decision. Um, all those things came up. One of the things we did for the year that I, I found um, remarkably enjoyable was the book club discussions. Um, the idea that we would read, and some of these are very dense books, um, you know, these tech technical topics with uh, authors who are really treating uh, our areas of interest in, in very academic or very um, uh, new ways has been refreshing. Um, I have enjoyed pushing myself to read some of these books. Um, and the conversations where we talk about the implications, what the authors uh, caught, very often what the authors missed, has been uh, refreshing. And I've really enjoyed how we um, have thought about uh, the books. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to our next round of, of book club discussions here. I think it's a really fascinating thing to add into a conversation. Um, I would, I would encourage you to at least listen to the conversations we have about the books. Uh, a lot of the insights from the books are repeated there and, and you don't have to read the books if you don't want to. Um, but we, we, we really use those to build, um, on very critical topics and conversations. Wow, it's it's really remarkable. Going back through uh, these these core themes keep coming up and up again over and over. The open source, metadata, um, looking at how to use ChatGPT towards the back half of the year, uh, you could really see how the community, um, the world, really um, started to realize just how disruptive generative AI was going to be, um, and we started talking through what does it take to do those types of work, use those systems effectively. Um, that was a really um, significant part of what we were doing. We also observed that um, because of the generative AI systems coming in, that more and more what had been relatively accessible public data was being moved off behind paywalls and firewalls, um, being protected, right? This is Reddit and Twitter both charging for their API consumption in, a, in an effort to take that content um, and make it harder to access. Um, that was a really significant thing and really drove a lot of conversations for us. Um, as a matter of fact, if you look back through the back half of the year, uh, discussions and dissection of generative AI, its impacts, its use, how it impacts um, data analysis and traditional big data um, are really key components for this. Um, and so those are, those are, uh, really major factors in how we look at, at building and using IT infrastructure. Um, <laughs> we did spend a little time with the techno optimist manifesto. Um, I suspect we'll come back to that. Um, as I'm hearing more about AI, um, optimists and pessimists. Um, I, th I think those things are going to come in um, to the system and then um, looking for more and more ways to create some governance. These, these ideas that IT systems built in silos are, are not sustainable and have to be uh, addressed in different ways. Whew. Um, that is <laughs> reviewing 2023 um, in one way or another. I've, I've touched on every topic um, that we covered. Um, one of the things I really like about how the group has, has worked is, um, 
and this isn't always clear if you're only listening to the podcasts, the group meets for an hour. We typically spend uh, 15 to 20 minutes talking about day's news, checking in, having a more general conversation. Sometimes those make it into the podcast because we just decide that is our topic for the day. But generally, we will we will stop and then we will discuss a scheduled topic. Um, and we build those topics up. It's not as if we come in and talk about a topic and then move to another topic. What we've really been able to do is reach a point at the end of one conversation and just identify where we want to continue it in the future. And so we keep um, leapfrogging into those topics and coming back to ideas, uh, software bill of materials, data governance, metadata, um, you know, lean in, in uh, data science and adaptation, uh, open source edge, right? These are, these are topics that we are going back to. We're spinning the wheel, coming back up, taking new takes, um, learning more, investigating more. Um, and I, I really like how that format has worked. Um, if you look back in, deep into history, um, this, this blog was something we started Oh, all the way back, I think in 2012 as the latest shiny, um, sort of on the same theme, trying to capture the zeitgeist of the moment. What was the hot topic? Look behind them. Um, you know, sort of pop the hype curve bubble on some things and, and, and create some practical value. And, you know, while we changed the name to cloud 2030 to respect this, this more future looking, image, we have some amazing content going back. Um, I'm looking at my track count. It's 445 <laughs> tracks um, that we've covered in these, in these, in these discussions. Um, some amazing interviews going back, but uh, the last two years of the cloud 2030 and these topics uh, with a little bit more freeform conversational model has just been inspiring. And I've really enjoyed um the conversations, the team dynamic, um, learning and learning and learning so much in this podcast. Um, if this is, if this is, a, if you're listening to this and you've gotten this far, you've, you've probably been listening to the other episodes and I hope, um, that this recap has been helpful for you. Um, I do think in 2024, um, we're definitely going to be hitting more bumps in the road on our open source conversations, uh, AI and uh, large language models, without a doubt. I'd like to see our little bit bill of materials coming back um, and looking at some of the, the research coming out. I think we're going to be discussing platform teams quite a bit um, and how pieces work. Um, the other thing I would expect is actually some potential competition for NVIDIA or some alternatives and uh, have some very concrete discussions around where that's going probably in the technical lunches um, that we we sort of mix and mingle in those those routines. As always, I would love to hear your feedback, get your advice, hear what you think is going on. If you want, just call me up one-on-one. -on -one. I am happy to uh, talk with you. Um, if you have a product and you want our feedback on the product, uh, Lunch and Learn actually wants to see demos and will provide feedback, uh, you know, mostly in the form of, of insightful questions, um, in, in how a product is structured or the market is trying to, 
uh, go in. It's that's fun for us. And uh, you, if you have a product or an idea, you want to demo or talk things through. Uh, this is an open forum, and so I would love to see um, additional uh, people come in. Uh, we do, we do have people that I do invite them all the time. They're not always. Uh, interested in showing up because this is a different type of podcast that doesn't let them just promote a product. Not going to comment more about that. I, I have many podcasts I listen to uh, and that, that balance is hard to achieve. Anyway, uh, I do hope that uh, reach out, give us feedback. If you're enjoying the podcast, um, what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of, what what we can do to improve. Um, I'm very open to figuring out what we want to do for the next 10 years of the life of this podcast. Um, and after the, having the routine of nearly 10 years of podcast production, um, I, I am happy and enjoying the routine. It is part of me, uh, learning and, uh, formulating opinions. I hope if you've been listening that that is also, your experience. Have a great new year. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, talking with you more and uh, having great production, new insights and guests in cloud 2030. Thank you.